Okay, this client is a OnlyFans modeling agency. So what they do is when, if somebody's on OnlyFans and they're chatting with a model, they're actually talking with a middle-aged man in the Philippines who is the person who is actually doing all the typing for the model. So they actually outsource this for the models, you know, for 100, 200 different models. And so I'm helping them write policies and procedures and HR manuals. And I got to tell you, you might, you know, everybody gets kind of side. Like I told my wife, I'm working with an OnlyFans client and we had to have a long conversation about what exactly that meant. But this is one of the most professional run organizations I have worked with, and I've worked with over 300 small businesses in the last four years, uh, they have their stuff down. Uh, and they, they are very professional, very organized, um, you know, with what they do. What the hell is my job? This is something that anybody can do, you know, and I would encourage anybody, you know, who's interested in, in having a side gig or something like that, you can do things, you know, completely virtually. If you search for a business continuity, I'm gonna, it's my profile that's gonna be the first one that comes up. It took years in order to build that up, but you had to get started somewhere. It's exactly what happened with me with this whole cannabis thing, is I created this profile and I was only working with companies to develop emergency plans, you know, disaster or business disruption plans. And then it just happened to grow and I, you know, uh, others started to find me. So now it's, now we're able to kind of develop this real niche market and actually be really successful with it, you know? So, I mean, I started out the first year when I started this, I made $500. The next year I made 5,000. The next year I made 50,000. And now I'm over six figures, you know, in annual revenue a year, just from something that started as an idea. And I do it all from my basement. Um, you know, so there, you can be very successful, uh, you know, and there's a lot of resources and a lot of ways that you can do it. And it doesn't necessarily, you don't even need to necessarily invest any money. It costs me zero dollars of investment in order to start. So I have four teenagers. Um, I'm also a firefighter. So I, I, I'm on the board of directors. I'm the IT director for our fire department. And I'm also a Boy Scout leader. With my boys, you know, we go camping a lot. And other than that, you know, working around the house, volunteering in the community for small businesses and small business organizations, free advice, just Google Tempest Risk Management. We have free resources that you can download, free guides, free templates, business plans, business templates. Uh, they're all downloadable for free. So uh, so I've been in the banking industry for 30 years. Um, and then in 2019, I actually decided to uh, just just as a side gig, do some consulting for small and mid-sized businesses. I've been a firefighter for 20 years, so uh, I have a lot of experience with natural disasters and, and uh, business disruptions. And so I launched my company in 2019. So in that time, we've come to specialize in a few particular industries. I never intended to specialize in the cannabis industry, but I started to have I one client started with one client who said, hey, I need help getting my application together in order to apply for a business license. And so I agreed to help them come to find out that it required almost 200 pages of documentation needed to be submitted along with the application in order to get their license. Um, so a, a lot of work involved and I was able to understand, read and understand the regulations because of my banking background and then design documents that are regulatory compliant. And so then word got around and more and more clients in, in, in the cannabis industry started to come to me. So it was completely by accident that I fell into it. <laughs>
I can tell pretty much within the first five minutes of talking to them if they're in the get rich quick group, which they're probably not going to be successful. You know, chances are very low. And then there's the people who have actually done their research. These are professionals, business people. They have done the research and done the background and they understand what needs to be done in order to be successful in the industry. I, I work with people that were in, you know, were black market for many, many years, but they're also very much business professionals, you know, and, um, you know, they were able to sort of put put both sides together. And what most of the states require is to prove where you got those funds from. And they want to make sure that companies are not using illegal funds that they built up by being in the black market over the years in order to now invest their legal operation. Now, I say that because some states require that. Other states are a little more lenient. You know, it, it's okay if you want to use those funds that you built up being in the black market in order to transition to a legal operation. The problem is that get everything set and all of the testing and all of the training that you need, they make it so difficult that it would be pretty much out of reach of most people who would come from an underserved community. Hey folks, it's Nappy. We'll be back with more right after this break. What the hell is my job? So what happened was I graduated high school actually uh, a year early and then I had to wait till I turned 18. So I'm about to be 21 in like a week. But um, I started that because I was looking to get into the, the workforce, but I've just kind of always been interested in how things were built. Like my mom even has photos of me like being in cabinets and taking apart desks and stuff like that. So I had an interest for it. And then, you know, obviously people don't necessarily like putting together Ikea furniture. So I've been having a, a pretty good luck with it. I've been pretty good at doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really like a night owl, but I've worked towards getting up early. Like I prefer staying up, but I've gotten on a set schedule of like from six to 11. And I get up at six and kind of, you know, I do some reading. I'm working on learning different languages. So I do do a Lego. I get my, my breakfast and then I kind of see what appointments I have for the day, load up my cars with different tools. Like I have a set amount of tools in my car, but then like I have different size ladders. So like if I'm gonna be super high up, like mounting blinds or something like that, or building something tall, then I would pick the ladder for the day and then I'm kind of off. I got ADHD. So the diversity of what I do, I like <laughs> that I can not only be in different places, but also doing different things. I think based upon my personality in general, I wouldn't be able to do necessarily the, the same thing every day. So it's definitely good that I have that support and my mom understands that and it's like, okay, you, you know, you have the ability to help people and do this. I'm not gonna force you to do something or be something you're not. My mom, she's been taking me to like business stuff the whole time. So you can attribute it to your parents. That's definitely what I would attribute it to. Well, my parent, my mom, my dad's an idiot. <laughs> I definitely feel like having the support will cause you to operate at your best level. You're not having to like break through or fight through something to get to your goal. 
sometimes the manufacturers won't send the instructions so then I'm having to put it together without that actually happened to me the other day with the dresser <laughs> I do between two to three a day and I've gotten really really fast like unless it's like a, a large amount of furniture it, I'm normally done in like an hour but the most I've ever did, and I actually got to do some work at Ikea about a month ago, the most I've ever did at one appointment was 28 pieces of furniture. <laughs> I've done pretty much everything that could be in a house. So organizers, beds, dressers, desks, dining tables, chairs, trampolines, grills, swing sets. I've even done gazebos. Wasn't a fan of those, but I've done them. <laughs> Exercise equipment, that's another thing that I've made that I didn't think I would ever end up making. I've done a couple home gyms. I've done uh, basically any type of uh, workout equipment. So the, the home gyms, the workout benches, power towers, I'm trying to think treadmills, all those types of things. They pretty much are just boxing up anything that you can purchase <laughs> and saying assemble it. <laughs> I feel like more more companies are probably trying to save on money by just making the parts and sending them to people as opposed to before they had to pay for like labor costs for them to be assembled or delivered and it's it's probably cheaper to send it in a box than all together. <laughs> Definitely being in Las Vegas you meet all different types of people and people that work all different types of hours because you know it's a 24-hour city. So we've uh, I've met uh, acrobats, uh, people that work in like the, the Cirque shows, uh, athletes, um, and then just day-to-day -day people. So even stuff that you've never, like professors, I think it's just, or so many people from so many different countries that you definitely get culture from. I mean, I've definitely done, uh, items from at least one different type of person from every continent just because it's so transient here and people move here for different things one thing i will say that i never thought i would start building was actual like uh arcade cabinets actually so you know like uh pac-man and stuff they call them a cabinet so like uh those old school arcade games is what you would call arcade cabinet company started making them so now people can get them in their homes so those are things that i i've always thought were cool but i'm like okay with the like the strip and the sports teams and the events coming here most people don't think that it's actually a regular place that you can live into because people you know will be like well how can you live in las vegas with the strip and the casinos and stuff like that one thing that i don't think a lot of people can say is there are slot machines everywhere so like if you go to the gas station cvs grocery stores everything has like a designated casino thing which i think is only common in vegas I don't think you go anywhere else and see that. I think anybody that can live here long long term can't be a gambler because you would, I mean, you just go grocery shopping, now you're at a slot machine. <laughs> so no, I don't, myself, I don't. The idea of losing money isn't of interest to me, but I've pretty much been here the majority of my life. I've gone through all the schools and stuff here. So yeah, I would say Vegas is my home. In my age group, we're more like business focused or entrepreneurial focused at such a young age. I feel like social media, YouTube and stuff like that have made it where it's like, okay, we're out of high school. Let's make a business. That is a generational shift for sure. Hope you like the episode. Please help us out by rating us, sharing with your friends, or buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash what the hell is my job. 
It costs us money and time to be here for you at the start of every single week. So please consider supporting us. See you next time.